This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. Beautiful now? Yep, and and to talk all things New Zealand Warriors, uh, Code Sports writer Brendan Bradford. Welcome, pod debut. First time. I'm I'm honoured to be on here. You've dropped the as always. I've noticed. Yes, it's well, not as always. Well, we thought that died with Mitch, so we needed <laughs> something new for Camper. We workshopped it through a few of the first few previews, but I think we've settled with the current one. I think it's fine. It yeah, after trip. after you used and with me as always at Mitch's eulogy. Yeah, it was like, well, we've got to retire it now, don't we? That's the yeah, end. it didn't feel right. So this did. Um, anyway, we're here to talk about the New Zealand Warriors, uh, a team close to Campo's heart. Um, not so much mine, but uh, uh, a team that's had the most tumultuous last three seasons due to COVID, a team that's overcome so much. Uh, I guess, Brado, with that in mind, I mean, how good is it to have them back home for a full season and I mean, it's tough to quantify like a win value on that sort of thing, but like how much better off are they going to be just being able to have a shred of normality again? I think that's the big the big thing, like just being home, being with your mates, being around your support network. Like there's, they've, they've all said it, like they come over and it's their jobs and they're paid pretty good money to play footy and, you know, people make sacrifices for their jobs all the time. But when you go back home, like it's, you just can't overstate it. And I think... Uh, more, more than more than maybe yeah, you know, like you mentioned, more than just like a win loss sort of thing, and you know how much, you know how more how much more likely they may be to win just from being at home. I think it's just overall, like a, in a general sense, just it's just better for everyone to to be based there. Um, you know, they're, they're they're back. They're doing good good work with sort of pathways and, and teams coming through, reconnecting with the local footy community, that kind of stuff. Um, it's good, man. Yeah, it's good. On a like on a purely like selfish and personal level, when they're based on the Central Coast and they played out of Gosford for a little while there, it was great for me being based in Sydney because it's it's just up the road and I got to see them play heaps and I loved it. Um, but yeah, it is watching from afar. I'm, I'm a little bit getting a little bit of FOMO because it's it's pretty awesome to see them back there. It's one of those things like. The Warriors have not had a happy existence. Maybe not a happy existence. The wrong, but like they haven't had a successful existence. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. But one thing they have been really, really good at is linking with the community, particularly like in a cultural sense. There's something that a lot of players that go to the club that they really mentioned that they like, that they do connect with like the Maori community in really strong and powerful ways. And you just can't do that when you're separate. You can't. You just can't do that as fully when you're separated by an ocean, you know? And I think we all got so used to the Warriors playing in Australia that we forget how long it really was. Like it was two and a half seasons that pretty much were just being lit on fire. You know, like a team, like I remember Melbourne won the comp playing away from home in 2020, but that was in Queensland. So you're still in the same country. So there's a little bit of, there's at least a little bit of similarity there. This was like, the club's really been through a lot. And I ran into Braddo when we were at a West Tigers thing a few weeks ago. And I said, Braddo, I know we're back to like pre-COVID normality because I'm a little bit excited about the Warriors again. You know what I mean? It used to be, it used to be an annual tradition where I would just get totally carried away with all the, you know, the tantalizing prospects they had. And, oh, this guy just screws his head on. It's going to be fantastic. But I think 
the return of my usual Warriors uh, optimism, coupled with them coming back home, it's it's got me it's got me fired up, dude. Like if I was Maori, I'd be ripping harkers. Like when <laughs> someone went like at the at the slightest provocation. Like, and the thing is, when I look at the roster, I don't think it's as bad as people think. So, Brad, from like from the from a roster perspective, what sort of really excites you going into this season? It's an interesting one. So I don't. It's not. It's not a bad roster. I don't think it's particularly deep. Like there's not. If we get cop an injury or two here and there. It's not gonna. It's not gonna go particularly well but i'm really excited about the the players we have in the sort of spine positions we got like luke metcalf you and i were messaging uh, a couple of weeks ago during that trial when he he scored that try against the tigers and we, you know, we've been watching him play for the jets for the last little while um to mighty martin coming in playing with sean johnson i uh, still got ronald volkman around there like in those key positions that's what i'm really excited about it's out wide, out wide on the wings, fullback, and definitely a center. It's it's sh- very shallow. Which, if you look back, you know, you look back through Warriors history, and it's like they've had some gun sort of cult figure wingers, and and backs and fullbacks and centers. Like the names roll off your tongue. Maru Vatavai is probably like the last one, but we don't have that at the moment. What we've got actually is, uh, you know, the the basis. I think the the starting blocks, the, the foundation of a of a really good team. Um, and yeah, and look, I'm just trying to temper my probably my own expectations by just say, just just reminding myself every day that it's not just going to happen. It's it's a long term it's a long term build. So the 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 framework's there um, to to get things all started, and the framework is going back home and having a couple of having a bit of depth in those really key positions. One seven six, not quite nine yet, but elsewhere it's it's there's there's the basis there. Well, you mentioned number one, Nick. There's a man very close to your heart that's uh, gone back home to the Warriors. Uh, Sean his, his, real, his, his real home is in Canberra. Okay. But in any case, he really did become a breakout star with the Raiders over the last few seasons. It didn't end particularly acrimoniously, but with Ricky Stewart, things rarely do. How much of an impact is he going to have on that team this year with the experience that he brings and the tenacity and his attitude? I think it plays into what Brad I was just talking about with the spine. It's the first time that the Warriors have really had a lot of options at not at six and seven and one. And it got to the point where I was throwing around crazy scenarios in my head, like, oh, maybe Nickel Klukstad plays center and then Metcalf plays fullback and Tamari plays six and SJ plays halfback. And, and like that's how you sort of fit them all together. But I think the important thing with Nickel Klukstad is his trademark the whole time he, he was at Canberra was was his effort, right? And there was a real knock-on effect uh, once he joined the club, and that's and 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 it really sort of spread through the playing ranks. So you look at that 2019 Raiders team, the most transformative like player that came in that year was John Bateman, and the second one was Nickel Klukstad. And what Nickel Klukstad provided is probably a little more sustainable than John Bateman, who seems to be uh, tempestuous, let's say, like maybe doesn't really think out every decision he makes. So I'm really excited to see how Chance goes. And he's another one who I think will really benefit from going back home because I know that his last year, maybe two years in Canberra, were really, really tough for him because his, his uh, family wasn't with him. His kids weren't with him. They stayed in New Zealand with his um, with his ex-partner. So he's someone that I'm really excited to see who just 
like, how's he going to play when he's got the comforts of home? You know, what sort of, like, you can't, you can't put number values on these things, but happy players generally play well. And Sean Johnson's another one who I think could be like that. I think playing away from being away from New Zealand for so long, even when he was at Cronulla, like I just don't really think it agreed with him. You know, you get the impression just talking to people that know him that he's not like, he's not, he's, he's a bit of a homebody. He likes being at home with the family. He's a bit, he's not like a, a real wild dude on the piss or whatever. Like he just wants to chill out and you can do that back home, you know, and it's much harder when you're living in a resort or in a hotel or something like that. So for the 10th year in a row, I think it is now I'm back in on Sean Johnson. That's like I was never, I was never out. I was never out, but like, have you guys seen the photos of him? Like oh, he's, he's, looking, he's looking good. That boy's looking yeah. good. The media day photos got me. That's, that's where it started where I, whether this is our year sort of um, bug hit me again. It was seeing those media day photos and Sean Johnson just with abs on abs, just looking ripped. And then the, the West Tigers trial was good too, but, just on, on Nickel Klukstar, I was devastated when he left. Like, I know he, he wanted to play fullback. He was behind Roger at the time. But uh, – and he had a, he, he'd had a couple of tough games. I think they put him in in, in the centres, and it just wasn't his go at the time. And, yeah, I, you know, had a, had, a, had the opportunity to play fullback at, at Canberra. I was devastated when he left because such a good guy. Like, seemed like such a good, nice nice guy and a good player. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Similarly stoked, stoked that he's back, even though, yeah, I, I don't know what went on with him last year with, with Canberra. Mm. He was playing reserve grade for a little bit there and stuff, but I'm happy he's back. People people saying that, you know, maybe his time's done, but I'm stoked he's back on board. Absolutely. And, you know, in addition to getting a big acquisition on the field, you finally freed yourselves from the shackles of Nathan Brown. Stacey Jones steered you to the finish line last year, but you've got a new coach in Andrew Webster. He was, he was one of those hot names last year that was courted for a few jobs he chose you guys over the west tigers um obviously not talking about the journalist we're talking about the other andrew webster um what do you know about him what can you tell us uh how are you feeling about him going into his first year as a head coach he's pretty low key like if you'd said this time last year andrew webster pick him out of the lineup i probably couldn't and, and he'd been at the warriors uh before probably about six or seven years ago so he's he knows the club but he's, he's quite understated like uh he, he gives off the same kind of like a little bit old school but younger vibe that you guys like Seraldo and Nathan Cleary do. They're, you know, they're those guys all being at Penrith. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited not about just – I don't think he's going to make wholesale changes or, you know, win the first – you know, seven of the first ten games or anything like that. But I just think coming – especially coming from that Penrith Panthers system – the pathways that they've got, the, all those guys coming through. Um, next year, we're going to have five teams, five grades going all the way down to Harold Matts. And, like, just – I think that's – it's just, like, the, a good coach like that who's got experience with the club but with bringing players through on a pathway. The pathway's finally back. Being back at home, like, an obvious way to go from, you know, your mid-teenagers up into NRL, being able to stay in New Zealand – um, yeah, it's again, again, like I said before, it's it's long term. It's not going to happen this year, and even not next year. But in a couple of years' time, you'll see the benefits of it. Um, it's been sounding a bit like Gus when he was talking about the five-year plan at Penrith, and it took a lot longer than that. But this is what this is honestly a little bit what it feels like. Probably not as well funded, and and 
Gus wasn't on board to set it all up, but it, well, Gus, I've got the same Gus side at, of thing. Gus was at the Warriors for like ten minutes. Remember? Yeah, he had that that game where yeah. he was watching from the bar near the on the sideline, looking looking healthy. Maybe that's was, maybe that's all he needs. He hmm. just needed to come in, give him the magic touch, and then head off to the next stop. If COVID yeah. didn't wreck that, um, who knows what we could be right now? Because multiple maybe that was just definitely. his excuse. I think he only went to New Zealand about twice before the borders closed or something. But um, can you imagine him just tripping around New Zealand, just finding gun players in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, there's a there's, a, there's a Bob Dylan song about that very same thing. <laughs> Like, I saw. I actually saw Gus in person at Balmore the other day. Said, I, past him. Gonna, I didn't recognize. I saw Bob. Really? <laughs> Why not? I thought you were going to say I saw Bob Dylan at Balmore. Like, that would have been. That would have been something. That would have been, that been a turn up. Yeah, mm. yeah. That would have been. That would have been a turn. No, I didn't. I walked past them. He's sitting in the box, one of those boxes that have got. Uh, it looks familiar. And I turned around. It's Gus. He's lost about twenty kgs. I'm sure. I think Something he knows good. he's gonna like he's gonna get a lot of crowd shots this year when he's just sitting at Bulldogs games. So he's like, well, you might have <laughs> like, uh, you know, he's just gonna have to up. play. He's got um, a, he's got a, he's got a photo of Sean Johnson up in his weight room, thinking like, yeah, this is it. Like, yeah, I gotta get that jacked. Uh, a fun one as well. Where I mean, we're all UFC writers as well. Kai Kara France joining last month as a wrestling coach, I and mean, that's pretty exciting. I mean, he's probably got more wins than anyone on the Warriors roster over the last. Couple of years. <laughs> oh. That's a low blow, but I'll take it. Um, <laughs> Chad, continuing a long tradition of of your UFC, NRL, wrestle coach crossovers. Absolutely, James. It's, James Tahuna having a look at their assistant Carabas. coaching list is fun because you mentioned Webster there. He was an assistant under McFadden, and now McFadden is one of his assistants. They've also got Knights legend Slade Griffin coaching the New South Wales Cup team, and Adam Blair coaching their SG Ball team. So there's plenty plenty of star power, and then also Balin Couples who played for like the Rabbitohs in like the late 1990s. And the West I hope, well, I, I hope Adam Blair is teaching those young fellas the gnarliest shit you've ever seen <laughs> in your life. Like you guys, you guys. So there's a you guys know Vinnie Jones, yes. right? So yeah. I know I know him as an actor. He's in movies like Snatch and Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and a lot of like mean machine. movies. Shut up, Mean Machine. Before that, he was a soccer a crazy player gang, and he was a defender with Wimbledon in the eighties with the Crazy Gang. And like they weren't good soccer players; they were just tough and lunatics. So they just sort of like killed people and it was great and he put out a dvd in the early 90s that was like advice to aspiring hard men of how to just like totally rattle the opposition so like this is how you elbow them in the ribs without getting caught this is how you squirrel grip them without anyone seeing this is how you make sure no one ever crosses you i hope adam blair's doing something like that like he's teed <laughs> up his greatest hits yeah. these are the five halfbacks who i fucking liquefied on the field and that's what I want from you, boys. He, he also played for our beloved Leeds United camp, Vinnie Jones did. Adam right? Blair did. No, yeah, also Adam Blair. Yeah, <laughs> wow. he, he was nothing the other, Adam Blair can't do. He was the next Australian off the conveyor belt after Harry Kuehl and, and Mark Duca. It was, it was Adam Blair, actually. He had a brief period playing centre-back for them. Oh, you wouldn't read about what? it. Mate, you, could, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't read about it. It could marshal the defenders, though. Um, like, can, we, yeah. can, we get back, can we get back to Webster for a second? He's actually, of the new coaches, I find him the most intriguing just because I don't know anything about him. You know, like Seraldo was the was the sort of the lead assistant at the Panthers last year, and there was so much talk about where he was going to go that Webster kind of faded back into the background a little bit. And I actually think, like Brad, you described him as low key. I actually think that's a really good approach for the Warriors. I don't think they need someone who's big and flashy and draws a heap of attention to him. I think having yeah. someone who can just kind of work on the system, work a few things out, like. Just get them back to basics after the crazy few years they've had. I actually think that'll be a really 
a really good thing. Um, you- but like I said, I, I don't know anything about his coaching style or what he likes or anything like that at all, apart from the few games he coached for the Tigers back in 2017. I don't know shit about him, really. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, he's kind of like a blank slate. I'm just sort of like trying to see where it goes. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm honestly saying I don't know what is sort of – I think he's defensively, like, very sound, but I don't know, like, you know, what is – mindset what his approach to the game is or anything like that but remember when we when we when they sacked steve <laughs> kearney when they sacked steve kearney like a month into moving over to australia um the owner said you know we need someone a bit more charismatic and someone to you know fire up the guys and it's gonna you know go out and recruit players and that was nathan brown and and yeah he was charismatic <laughs> and he gave some great press conference quotes and he's uh He's a really enigmatic guy, but you know, what 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 else? Not you know, where, where did that lead us? I think we've we've got got back to sort of just what's good for the club. You don't need to worry about you know yeah. finding the next sort of Wayne Bennett who can deal with the media or all that kind of stuff. You just you just get a good go out, get a good coach, get back home, get on the field. Start and, playing. and I think with Webster, it's good. I mean, I, I also don't know anything about him, Campo, but I mean in the past they've been sucked in by just taking the sort of name option like Nathan Brown and everyone like I can't like when that guy got that job I can't remember a single person who was like this is a good idea but they did it anyway um and so even from just the point of them taking a risk on someone that we don't know anything about I think is heartening because it might not work but if it doesn't no one's going to slate them for taking a risk because at the end of the day it's better than just digging up someone else like Jeff Tuvey or Trent Bad or someone else who's, who's failed multiple times and instead just going with this guy who is not even the most famous Andrew Webster in the sport that he is <laughs> employed to work in. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about him, but I'm feeling better about them than I felt about them in a few years purely due to the fact that his name is not Nathan Brown. If you can't get someone like Craig Fitzgibbon or Cameron Serrato, like these guys who are sort of like anointed as the next... Yeah, coach. The next best thing is to just get a top assistant from a really good team. So, I'd like the logic. It's 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 the logics sound. Like I like the decision making process they've gone through here because a lot of the times, the Warriors aren't a team that you can look at and think, yeah, some really sound decision making. <laughs> yeah, I mean they had Todd, here, they had Todd you know? Payton yeah. for about six weeks, and other than that, it's all been pretty disastrous in the last <laughs> like eight seasons with Kearney yeah. around. And they had Todd Payton like. So I hear this is what I hear. Like they had Todd Payton locked in, and it was one disastrous afternoon that made Todd Payton say, "Nah, I don't, I don't want this gig anymore." Dear me. And it was a three-hour phone call with Nathan Brown. Allegedly, is what is what um, I've heard. The three-hour phone call or a Zoom, Zoom chat, and he, and he had the job. But um, yeah, and just and just lastly on on Webster, like I think a his time previously at the Warriors and. B probably his time at the Panthers as well. Like in terms of the cultural, the off-field stuff, I think he he, he will just be able to tap into and understand and and utilize that a lot better than I think Nathan Brown would have been able to do, or just had the awareness to to focus on. Because um, it's you, you just yeah you just can't sort of can't overstate how important that side of it can be. And I think he I think he'll go really well in that respect as well. Yeah. Um. You mentioned the back line before. Um, Campo, you wrote in the notes that DWZ's hair is incredible and that alone Best. can oh, carry man. them 
to the promised land this year. Um, does he have the best hair in the NRL, brother? We'll see. Last this time last year, hundred percent yes. But a lot of guys have have taken look. He's they've, a lot of guys have looked at him and thought, mm. oh, "I like a bit of that." And there's a bit of it. There's a bit more of it going on as well. So, I mean, last year it was the best since Cliffy Lyons. It was Cliffy 2.0. What it, what DWZ had going on this this year? I think he's got a bit of competition going around. I don't know. So, like, there's a lot of mullets in rugby league and in society these days. But what separates DWZs is the curl. Yeah. You know what I mean? It looks like he's been hanging out with Lionel Richie and just, like, greasing his hair up. It looks amazing. I I think he, he looks like a Kiwi middleweight who fought on David Tour undercards in the late 1980s. I think it's I think it's superb. And I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm just dazzled by the locks, but... I think he's going to have a really big year as well. I thought he's—I think he's been very quietly a really good signing for the Warriors since he came over from from Canterbury. And while that that two to five for them is a little bit skinny, I think he's someone who, like, in that great tradition of Warriors wingers that you brought up before, Brad, like really big dudes who are really good in yardage, like Vatavai and Fusatua and Malmalo and Francis Melli and all of them. I think DWZ can be a part of that. And what I really like about him is maybe two or three times a game, he'll be returning a kick and he'll just decide, you know what, I'm just going to run this as hard as I fucking can, as straight as I can. And like, I'm just going to see if anything can stop me. And when he's whipping along like that and the mullets bounce along behind him, like it feels good, man. I like, I, th- I think, I think they could, they could really be onto something with, uh, with getting him as much ball as possible and really getting him involved. And I think just on that, you know, that, that sort of winger sort of thing. Like the, the modern winger these days isn't quite the same as it was sort of 10 or 15 years ago where you just look for the biggest dude like your, your Manu. It's it's changed a lot. And I think, you know, if we're, if you're still looking for that, you, you're probably going to get found out. I mean, yeah, you, you still have your your big dudes like your Cobo and, and uh, Coates down at, at the Storm, but it's not it's not quite like it was, I don't think. Certainly not for the Warriors anyway. Um, but yeah. <laughs> DWZ's locks bouncing out the back, and look, he's not—he's not gonna like score three tries. He's not gonna break a bunch of tackles or put the fear of God into opposition defenses. But he's just a solid dude on and off the field. Um, he's again—he's like—he's proper low key. He doesn't go out on the piss. Like he's, I don't think he's ever been in an off-field um, incident. Uh, like you know, he's a good good sort of church boy. He's a pretty pretty good leader as well. They they chucked him with the captaincy at a pretty young age um, at the Kiwis. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, like he's not he's not like your X factor, but he's just a just a good solid dude and a good solid player. Mm. But I, I'm look I'm high on Marcelo Montoya this year. Maybe I'm Whoa. just okay. I'm, that, maybe I'm just going back he, to that Tigers game. Yeah, but... is that because he killed Charlie Staines or are there exactly. other reasons? <laughs> exactly. Well, Charlie Staines <laughs> Charlie Staines was gunning for that fullback role. Now he's. Grand final try scorer, Charlie Staines. So you're right. <laughs> Trials mean nothing unless someone you like does something good, in, le- in which case they are extremely important. That's right. There you go. It only took us 15 previews, but we've we've cracked the preseason code. So Marcelo Montoya, top try scorer. Top try scorer. Uh, CNK, Dally M. Any other predictions, brother? I think CNK's got to win like the Kenton Stevens medal or something like that. Okay. So I, I never just, know what, what is yeah, that for. Just being a good for, guy. For, yeah, it's for community work. It's for oh, being nice. the nicest boy in rugby. Being a nice league, so. boy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, got, like so yeah. if we run through a couple, I want to run you through a couple of the other recruits, Brad, because yeah. there's two guys I've really got my eye on. Murata Niakore signed yeah. with the Warriors. It feels like a really, really long time ago. Um, and he's someone who can play middle and edge and center if he has to. I think there's a really good player somewhere in there as long as he's allowed to settle in a position. Where do you want them to use him? Because like they are skinny at center. Do you want him? Do you want? Do you want them to throw him out there, or do you want? Do you want him to put him in the forwards and uh, dare I say, let him work? <laughs> I'd like to see him in the back row, but you touched on it there, and like our centers, we're we're pretty shallow, and two guys that are coming in, I think we'll talk about the other bloke in a second, but they're probably two of the best centers that we could put at center, but can play elsewhere as well, really well. So one of those, obviously, what out of the new new quarter. And I think he was a little bit, not, not overlooked, but overshadowed in that, in that eel side over the last yeah. year or two. Agreed. Because Isaiah Papali, he was, was a gun and, you know, they, they just had strike across the park. He's going to bring a lot of mongrel as well. And I think, you know, while we've had good solid workmen sort of forwards and even centers over the last couple of years, you need someone with a little bit of, just a little bit of hard edge to them. And, and I think he's going to bring that. Mitch Barnett's going to bring that as well. Um, Sometimes but, Mitch Barnett brings too much of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of guys we've brought in that could maybe just tone it down a tad <laughs> on and off the field. Um, you know, Mitch isn't the only one. <laughs> but, yeah, if, to answer your question, back, back row on an edge. Um, and he's, he can play 80 minutes too, I reckon. Um but just yeah, give him give him time. There's going to be a lot of that this year. Just just give him a little bit of time. Yeah. The other recruit that I'm really got my eye on is Jackson Ford, who didn't come to the club with a whole lot of hype. Like he's sort of been like a bench guy for the Dragons for the past four years or whatever. But I don't think the Dragons ever really put him where he's supposed to go. Like he's a he's a very talented edge forward. He reminds me a little bit of a guy like Teague Wilton or a little bit like Bo Fermor, like runs really, really good angles. And the Dragons never really gave him the chance to show that in first grade. In all the first grade games that he played, I think it's like 33 or 34 or something like that. He's only played second row, I think, four times. Other than that, it's been locker on the bench. But in reserve grade, where he's played a lot of footy the last couple of years, he's scored 25 tries in about 60 games. It's the sort of guy who like gets over the line a lot at that level. And if you can do that at that level, normally it translates pretty well to first grade. And again, trials mean nothing unless guys you like play well. And I actually thought he played really well in both the Warriors trials. And I liked them having that consistent presence on the left edge. And I like the idea of him opening things up for someone like Viliami Vailea, who's this young Fijian center they've got who really looks to have kicked up a gear over the offseason. His athleticism looks to have really jumped up another level. So they're, they're, they're two more guys that I got my eye on that I'm expecting pretty big years from. I didn't expect you to, I didn't expect you to bring up Jackson Ford, but he's, it's an interesting one. I was really, really impressed with him in the trials. I think I gut feeling I've no way of knowing. I think he'd probably just be behind Josh Curran. And I reckon Josh Curran's been low key. One of our better players. Yeah. So I would start, Morata and Curran in the back row and and Ford looking it's tough to leave him out but I, I, at the start of the season it's it, you know I, I don't know whether I'd have him in my in my sort of starting site but definitely to have that 
to have that depth there. And look, if he doesn't make the side, if he does, this is not on the bench or in the starting side, if he's playing New South Wales Cup and he keeps scoring tries like he was, um, definitely. He's not out of place in the NRL. Mm. Um, is there any young players that weren't mentioned yet that you've got your eye on as making an impact this year? Before I go to the young players, there, we haven't actually mentioned Dylan Walker. Uh, yeah. I thought for sure, I thought for sure he'd come up. Uh, um, I was waiting for you. Waiting for well, you to bring up your it, best friend, I mean, Dylan Walker. <laughs> I mean, I, I was almost convinced myself to start him at centre, just because that's and that's a reflection on the lack of depth we have at centre. Um, probably more likely a fourteen. He was pretty good there for Manly. Um, but and then but then you go where does that leave Jazz Tevanga who's been really good off the bench for the last little while? It's a pretty good selection sort of thing to have. Yeah, I think I think they signed him with the promise that he would play center, but then he just kept playing lock really really well. So now they're sort of caught in a dilemma. It's like they promised him the centers, but he's probably a better lock forward now. Yeah, but given yeah. given the dearth of options, like who else is there? There's Adam Pompey, there's Brayden Williamy, you know. There's Rocco Berry. Rocco Berry still around. Like, so I think it's it's Dylan Walker back to the centers. A, a 2014 Rabbitohs Redux. <laughs> what if we called Lottie Takiri and so us what he was doing if he wanted to be a part of all this? Can, Nathan Merritt, can Nathan Merritt be involved? Uh, sadly, Vanguard, he cannot. He participated in 2014. He, he was not on the night. Not on the night. Can Isaac Luke be involved? Redemption. He can yes. finally be, yeah. Well, that they, neither of them played in that game. Yes, but Isaac, I've has snookered you. He has Warriors credit, man. Mm. Nathan Merritt has credit for everywhere. He's a winger for all people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, Dylan Walker's an interesting one. He like had a career resurgence with the six again rules, became like Manly's like ball running lock superstar. But I mean, that was a bit of a flash in the pan. He's a guy who's been trending downwards for a while, but he's still a serviceable first grader. And I think that's a decent enough signing. It's one that, I mean, he's a player that was very sort of focused on for a lot of his time at Manly, but he'll fly under the radar a bit now at the Warriors, which is just the nature of how things go. But yeah, he'll be fine. And if he ends up in the centers, I think that that is, that's good enough. As, as you said, that's where he played in a grand final. What, and that was a long time ago now, but he also played Origin. Did he come on at center when he came off the bench in Origin camp? I can't remember. I blacked out when that happened because I was yep. so angry that he got picked in the first place. Yep, <laughs> I am reliably fair. informed that he did play center. Okay. Uh, so aside from Dylan Walker, Brad, is there any, uh, anyone else, any other young guns? Like, <laughs> Yeah, the, the young gun. And I've, I, I've seen a bit of him play, play Q-Cup last year. Tain Tuapuki, he played fullback in the, fight, uh, in the trial against the Tigers. I, look, it's the worst sort of cliche. It was not a cliche yet because it hasn't been long enough, but he's he's got a bit of Roger Tui Vasashek about him. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just the just the footwork, the ability just to break that first tackle and either you know bring in two more players or get an offload away. Super, super um impressed and, and looking forward to him. He got he got upgraded the day after that, that trial match. I, you know, obviously they would have had that in the works before that. They don't make that decision on one trial game, but um, yeah, he tore up Q Cup last year as well. He he's the guy. He's 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 a guy coming through that everyone needs to look out for. I hadn't heard of him before this preseason or even before that trial. Still don't know much about him apart from this. That boy's sharp. Yeah, that boy's yeah. sharp. Like I'm 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 keen to see what he's got. Like I, I don't know if he can play anywhere else other than fullback. If you could somehow manufacture him into 
somewhere else in the in the back five. I'd be really interested to see how that goes. But you're right. I think he's someone that we're all going to know a lot more about sooner rather than later. Is there a chance they get RTS back? Uh, I I reckon, like, I don't think he comes back to the NRL. I think at Time this cash, point... If, cash if, out in France, France or Japan? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think he goes to Japan. If it doesn't work out at the All Blacks and the Blues... No, he'll go to the Roosters on a training trial. It'll be fine. $1,000 a week. Exactly. He's paying them. He's paying them for the privilege of training alongside them once more. That's that's nice. Roger and and Dom Young. Yeah. (laughs) What a joke. Uh, But there's a co-journalist unveils Tuivasa Shek clone for 2023 season. Fantastic. Run with it. Um, I hope that you have a good season. I want you to be happy. I've got you twelfth. Um, You're I, optimistic. Yeah, I, I I also want good things for the Warriors and their fans because they've had such a tough run of things. One more thing I do want to touch on mm. really quickly before we finish up is I'm expecting an absolute monster season from Tohu Harris. He was playing fantastic footy two years ago in the middle of the field when he did his knee, um, and that wiped out a fair bit of time for him. But uh, our dear friend NRL physio informs me that the second year back from a knee reconstruction is like the good stuff. That's when you start, that's when you start getting back to full mobility and fitness again. So I'm expecting a huge year from him. I hope he plays prop or lock again. Um, And despite going on about how much I like the Warriors, I have them in 12th because they've let me down many times and they've got to earn (laughs) my trust and forgiveness. What do you think, brother? Yeah, look, as much as I look, I tweeted tongue in cheek at at halftime, I think of that Tigers trial. This is our year. But just yeah, temper the expectations. I think I think twelfth is a is a really good sort of year. And I'm actually I was reading I was reading something and so Mexican football fans, right? Like soccer fans, that you know, Mexico made every single World Cup, I think, something something ridiculous like that, and have never threatened to win it, barely played any good football once they get there. But they they watch for like certain like goals or five minute periods or you know, nice passing plays. That's what Mexican football fans get out of their their team at World Cups because they know that they're never going to win it. This mm. is what this is the mentality I'm going into the 2023 with the Warriors. Maybe we can knock off a top eight side here and there. Go wind the clock back, score some nice looking tries, show some positive signs for the next couple of years. But I th- look, honestly, I think 12 is realistic. I think 12 to sort of or 11 to 14, something like that. Is, I love is, it. is realistic. I love it. Winning games, who cares? You know what I do care about? Sean Johnson having three runs per season where he beats six blokes. And I ring everyone I know and say, SJ's back. It's finally happened. <laughs> like, we've been waiting since 2011 and, and now it's time. Yeah. The Broncos uh, game. The Broncos game of 2011. Well, I mean, where, where him and Kevin Locke came on. Oh. Well, it's like no one remembers who won the grand final in 2015, but we all remember Nathan Friend's backflip pass. So, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, what made it onto Sports Center's top 10? That's right. Nathan Not... Friend or some no name club? Or Kyle felt walking over the line and putting the ball down, <laughs> which they still sent to the bunker, and I'm still angry about it. Ridiculous. All right. Um, we did it. We got to the end of another preview. One to go after this, Campo. We're closing uh, in. The the end is in sight, and mm. then the long, arduous season begins. That's true. Brado, anything to promote before we get out of here? That's all. No, I'll follow codesports.com.au. That's about mm. it. Read, subscribe, like, and subscribe. Share to your friends and family. 
Yeah. That's all. Mm. Uh, I And I often in the past tried to tell people not to subscribe to where Campo works, but I will do the reverse here and encourage them to subscribe to where Brado works because we should support him and his endeavors. And I am, and I, although I paid for that, I am paying for that now, Campo, because I spent years trying people not to give you money. And now my tax dollars go straight into your pocket. Every <laughs> I can't week. believe it took us 15 previews to get in my tax dollars. Joke. It's weird because I say it like every time I see you, which is a yeah, lot. But yeah. like, sometimes, it, sometimes you'll just ring me in the dead of night. Camo, my, my tax dollars paid for this phone. Just sending you photos of my payslips. <laughs> this this much, this much went straight to you, and you want me to buy a round? Grow up! All right, uh, Brado, we'll see you soon. Thank you for coming on. Say goodbye. Thanks for having me, guys. And say goodbye, Campo. The lion reds are on me. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>